Hi everyone, this is Gracie with Self Care with Gracie. Welcome back. We are on week number three of Liberate Your Love. It's the the June project that I'm creating for our community around some of the themes that I've heard expressed most and, and what people are looking for when they talk about self care. So Liberate Your Love is a four week journey to understand how to set stronger boundaries, understand your anger, how to use it, why it's there, um, and how all of this can take us into a place of authentic self-care where we are really living in love and connectivity and feeling good about ourselves as people. So some of the inspiration for this month are the things that feed me the most in my own self-care, which are Ayurveda and um, talking about the, the doshas, this is the Indian sister science to yoga that has helped me so much to understand how to care for my whole self, including my body and my mind and my, um, my spirituality. So that's, I'll, I'll be giving a little bit of a review of what I've talked about in the past couple of weeks and, and add in a few new very important Ayurvedic concepts today that um, they might sound kind of esoteric and um, from another culture when you first hear them, but then they're going to land right away because they're, they're, they're what we're all experiencing or looking for right now, I believe. And something else that's been inspiring me a lot in these past few months is um, from Beyonce. And it's her visual album called Lemonade that is an hour-long movie that she made to accompany this, this really brave, innovative album that she's made about her journey as a woman to break through patterns of um, denial and disassociation, and move mindfully through anger and merge on the other side into a place of greater self-understanding and love and I, I believe one of the inspirations of this is her relationship with her husband and, you know, it deals with themes of infidelity and also themes of, of really how to relate to other women. So if you haven't seen that, I highly suggest it. I've watched it three times now, I think, and every time I, I get like a whole new sense of inspiration, really visually beautiful and thematically powerful. So just to review a little bit, and we've had two lessons already on this. And the, and the first one was about this theme of disassociation in our lives. Disassociation, meaning like we're, we're in denial about what's really happening. We're feeling kind of lonely and separate from the people around us and probably engaging in some behavior that is numbing, meaning we're overeating, over drinking, overworking, um, not eating enough, not sleeping, engaging in relationships that don't feed us, having obsessive thoughts about these relationships, um, and just feeling in general kind of self-destructive, but not really sure why or how. And this is in Ayurveda, we talk about vata imbalance. And to, to really briefly summarize that, that, that vata is this element of air in us and it's it's our nervous system. It's our, it's our ability to like really sense into the world. I mean, anytime we experience any kind of trauma in our lives, we are, are going to disassociate a little bit and cut ourselves off because it's safer to not be in the world when we're going to be hurt. So we just kind of move away and we numb and we don't feel, and that can be a way to live. And I honestly believe a lot of us are living this way, kind of two steps away from our bodies and 
half a half a foot above our head. And what we need to do, though, if if we do want to connect to feelings of of love, which is I think what what we're all craving, is to feel more connected, and to feel our own ability to give and receive love in a deeper way, is that we have to choose to step back into our bodies, let go of the numbing, and um, and understand what's going on in there. Which leads us to week number two, which is like, what's going on in there, and and that was a understanding of like the emotions that, that maybe we've been disassociating from, which for a lot of us, and I see this a lot with the women that I work with and in myself is, are these feelings of anger? We're told, uh, as a culture that, you know, if you're a woman, you shouldn't feel angry. Good, good women don't feel angry. We should just like be able to skip right from disassociation into perfect love, be the best mothers let everything roll off our backs. And that doesn't really work. I mean, if, if it did, I wouldn't get the phone calls that I get around this and, and you all would have figured this out already. So that's where I think a lot of us get tripped up is that we know that we're numbing. We know things don't work well and we want to go immediately from that numbing into the heart opening. And the step that we're missing is the step of, of our fire energy in Ayurveda, this is the second dosha. There are three doshas, and the doshas are the elements of the constitution. And ideally, we would have all three in, in good balance so we could um, feel balanced. And so the fire is about anger. It's called pitta is the element. It's it's the energy of, of fire. And it's when we feel angry, when we feel um, passionate about something, when we feel sexy uh, and when we feel that like drive to like want to be more and do more and all of that energy, we don't really get to separate it out. That's all fire energy. So my guess is, is that if you are not feeling your drive in your career, you're probably also not feeling like super sexy in yourself. And if you're not having sex or feeling like you want to do that, you're probably a little cut off from your anger. And because anger is the most triggering of those, um, my guess is you've probably like repressed your anger. And so you're repressing all these other really essential elements of what it is to be a vital human being along with that. It's all kind of stuffed down and simmering under the surface. You probably have acted out every once in a while and, um, like a big explosive, like anger at a person you love, or maybe you internalize it inside and it just comes out as like a really nasty self-critic where you're really hard on yourself. So all of that is anger that's not being super well used because it's, um, it's not that we have to go into our anger and live there forever and ever. It's that we need to touch on it because it's powerful energy and allow ourselves to feel it, metabolize it, and then transmute it into something else. And, and if we think about what fire does is it cooks something. It, um, I like to think a lot of what the work of yoga and spiritual practice is, is, is a kind of alchemy that we're taking the traumas of our past, we're taking what didn't work for us, and we're using our, our passion and our anger to transform it into something that is useful. So it's, it's taking poison and turning it into nectar. And that's a lot of what I think Beyonce is done with lemonade, is that she took this, um, these painful feelings of like, oh, I'm so wanting and I can't have, and, and this person hurt me, and and she's like, yeah, I can sit with this and I can stuff it all down or I can make this amazing work of art, which is like, it shows these, the middle part of the lemonade is all about anger. It's like this amazing scene of her 
bashing in cars with a baseball bat and and her like with a group of other women just like fully in their bodies dancing and and being like fuck you to the world and there's there's something in my mind I get excited but in my body there's something that I really respond to when I watch that so we've we've explored that in the past couple weeks and now we're at the place to learn about the the last dosha which is the element of um, earth and water it's called kapha k-a-p-h-a and kapha is the, our connection to to our bodies. It's the connection to the physical. It's really grounded energy. Both the, the air element and the fire element, vata and pitta, are, are erratic and move around and a little bit more unstable. But kapha is super stable. If you know someone in your life that has a lot of kapha, then they are the, the, your rocks. They're the ones you count on. They have um, just beautiful hearts, too. And when kapha is in balance, it, it truly is love. Like it's, it's the ability to like care about another person and it's the ability to, to show up fully. When it's out of balance, kapha is, is lethargy. It can be just like ugh, sitting on the couch, kind of being depressed, overeating. Like obesity is, is like an extreme vata, uh, kapha imbalance. And, um, but when it's in balance, it's the healthiest of the doshas. Because it's, it's harder for it to go out of balance. Like if you have a lot of vata in your constitution, you're always trying to rebalance yourself. If you have a lot of kapha, you probably have better health and especially better mental health. And it's harder for you to go out of balance because earth doesn't move very much. Earth is stable. So I'm going to add another layer onto the kapha. And it's, um, it's not to bring too much Ayurveda in, but this concept is really important. So just stay with me for one second. That... Each of the doshas, they have something called a subtle dosha. Ooh, I'm going to say that again. The doshas each have a subtle dosha. And the subtle dosha is like the, the, what happens when that dosha is totally refined and transmuted into its highest essence. And for kapha, it's something called ojas, O-J-A-S. Ojas is the feeling of connectivity. It's the feeling of belonging. It's the feeling of pure love. It's the feeling of, of good health. And ojas is what, when we go into vata imbalance, we begin to, uh, to forget ojas. We don't, we don't set ourselves up in situations where we can feel ojas. And when we push ourselves too hard in our lives as a way to, to try to make up for that feeling. So this is like perfectionism. This is overwork. Um, we burn our ojas and so we, we burn out like literally like you can, you can use it like fuel. And, um, and I meet a lot of women who are just burned out. It's like, I have, I have no capacity to feel anymore. I'm just like my own compassion fatigue. I've overworked. I feel fried on the inside. And that's a good sign that your ojas is not, is not good. And, and if you don't have good ojas, like you don't have an immune system basically, so uh, ojas is our immunity, it's our resiliency, it's our ability to bounce back emotionally and physically. And, and I like to think of it like a bank account that we take re- reserves out all the time and we just don't put a whole lot back into it. So I'm going to come back to this concept later and, and tell you a few ways that you can put some, some ojas back into your bank account. But I, I want you to sit with that in your body a little bit of like, okay, what is my ojas like right now? Like, do I feel essentially connected to the world around me and living in my own heart? Or do I feel 
like fried and living outside of my body and trying to numb so I just don't have to deal with that reality and letting my emotions take me over. And, um, and yeah, so we'll come back to that. So the next question is, what does this all have to do with setting boundaries? Because I know that that is like almost number one, what people come to me for to talk about. And I, and I love that, like, we starting to understand that self-care and boundaries are connected. I love that you all understand that because I don't know if I told Lily did when I started this work. I'm like, just go to bed earlier and, you know, do some yoga. I, I think I had a lot more of a naive idea that like it, self-care was more bodily self-care. And you all have really educated me on like contacting me to be like, yeah, 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 I'm doing that and I'm still not setting my boundaries and I'm still suffering because of that. So I've, I've started to see that setting boundaries is essential to setting to self-care. Brene Brown's work on this is really good. She's the social researcher who found a group of people that she considers to be wholehearted people and asked them like what makes them live in their hearts. Like these are people with good ojas. And they all said boundaries, that if, if we really want to practice a life of self-care so we can love other people, we have to be able to set boundaries. I talked about last week that anger comes when you don't set boundaries. So if you're feeling angry about something, it's because there's, there's a boundary that you need to be setting there that you're not setting. And a lot of this happens, honestly, when we're children, you know, that we are as hard as our parents may have tried to raise us. They, they were dealing with their own issues. They couldn't protect us all the time. And things happened to us that were violating. And there's anger that's there that needs to be felt and understood. And that, you know what, even the people in our lives today are going to violate our boundaries because we're human beings. I, I, I think I've had the philosophy for a while, inner philosophy that like, I can just stay out of conflict, that that's possible. And what I'm realizing is that if I want to be in relationship, like if I want to engage with the world around me, like I can't avoid conflict because conflict is what happens if we are in relationship. We're terrified of disappointing people. And I know this because I wrote a blog post once on how to disappoint other people and I've written my blog for years and years and years. So I have a ton of blog posts. I have a lot of content on my website. And I, I did some um, analytics last year. And I found that a quarter of all the traffic to my whole entire website, all my blog posts, goes to this one blog post on how to disappoint other people. So we're, we're struggling with this. And, and what I want to recognize in this first is that it's because we care. That we wouldn't, we wouldn't feel angry in the first place if we didn't care about other people around us. And we wouldn't be worried so much about disappointing other people if we didn't care about those people and not want to hurt them. Beyonce wouldn't have made lemonade if she didn't care about her husband, Jay-Z. Like she was like, ah, oh, whatever, it's fine. She wouldn't have like had to take this enormous energy she was feeling, this hurt, this betrayal, and, and channel it into something that could be useful for everybody. But that takes courage, it takes bravery, and, and, um, and it takes some boundaries of saying, okay, like this, this is how I'm going to live my life. And this is not how I'm going to live my life anymore. Um, I've, I've learned a lot in this past year. I, I did an amazing training and, um, called integral facilitation, which is, was a group of people. There are 25 of us that moved through a journey of conflict together over the course of nine months. And that meant that when we felt something in the group, it was our responsibility to speak it. 
it was our, our it was our responsibility to have the care to see that conflict through until it, it came to a place that felt like resolution. And I was terrified every single time it came up because in my family, um, conflict meant anger, it meant feeling powerless, it meant hurt feelings that could last for years and years and years. My dad and I had a very contentious relationship where we would fight a lot with each other. And it wasn't until he passed away that we really sat down and opened our hearts to each other. So, I, I mean, to me, anger meant like you could close your heart to someone that you loved a lot for years. And, um, and so I got so scared. And every time I realized that if I could be with people who could consciously engage with me through the conflict and I, and I could just stay strong in myself, then we would get to the other side where I felt so much closer to those people for having gone through the conflict. And I know that we've each experienced this, that there is a time in our life where we were asked to go through conflict with someone. It hurt, it sucked while it was happening. And on the other side of that conflict, we actually felt a lot closer to those people. It's, it's true intimacy to let someone in that deeply and to, and to grapple with it and to have to understand their perspective and to realize where we're limited in our own perspective in that way. There's a concept that my coach, Cindy Lou Golan, um, who's in the, the integral program, she, she brings up a lot. And I talked about this in past podcasts, but it's so important. I'm going to bring it up again. And it's that concept of um, vertical alignment versus horizontal alignment. So that, that most of us, when we are experiencing these feelings of like not, not wanting to be connected but not or feeling lonely or feeling like we're worried about disappointing other people, we're in horizontal alignment, so we're tr we're reaching out into the world to try to get what we need, and and if we're in horizontal alignment, we're gonna feel graspy and needy and and really not in our hearts. We're trying to, you know, exact something from the world, and the world senses that and doesn't give it to us because it's gonna ask us to, to shift into vertical alignment, which is the feeling of staying in your own body, the feeling of trusting your own intuition, the feeling of trusting that you have what you need inside of you. And, and from that place, you have the strong boundaries of staying in your own body and, and looking for that approval inside and that strength inside that you can mindfully go into a, a tough situation and hold your, hold your ground. And when I think about boundaries, that feels like the most important boundary. Like, am I trying to get something from you in the situation? And if that's true, it's never going to work and it's always going to feel icky for everyone involved. But in this situation, am I, am I looking inside for these qualities? And, and is this conflict asking me to look inside? Am I holding the boundaries of my own spirit and my own body and what I'm willing to do and not willing to do in order to, to move? And, and I find if I can stay vertical, move through conflict, that's where I really end up in my heart. Where I'm like, wow, that just rocked my world. And I see things differently. And I feel, I feel like I've grown and I feel like I, um, I'm grateful that it actually happened. And I think part of this is really understanding who you can do that with. And the good thing about staying vertical is that even if someone can't really engage in conflict, then, then it's win-win because you're like, well, but I'm still on myself and I'm still holding to my own truth right now. And, and maybe later we can like mindfully talk about this, but maybe it's not time right now. And from that place, you're going to know how to set the boundaries that you need, which can be like, you know, I'm too tired to talk about this right now. So let's talk about it tomorrow when I, when I'm rested and I'm willing to go into this with you. And what, what a lot of us do around conflict is we just avoid it, push it away. And that's what, 
being vertical will give you the strength to be like, no, I'm not going to push this away. This is important. I care about you. I don't want this wound to fester. So let's go into it and let's do it, you know, when we have a few hours to really talk about it and when I can look you in the eye and, and you're, you know, you're getting really angry right now and I'm going to ask that we just take a few deep breaths. So that's, that's, again, that's using our voice to express what we need. Um, and what we need can be a break sometimes. Like I need two weeks where we don't talk about this and I just sit with it. And I've gone through periods like that with people in my life where it's very sensitive and I knew I wasn't ready to mindfully engage in conflict and I, um, and I needed to set those boundaries. So another way to set boundaries is around your own self-care. And this again is knowing be staying vertical in yourself and knowing what you need. So how to, how to set boundaries around your sleep and your eating. And this can be big of like, okay, I am going to get up out of my chair from my desk and eat lunch today and take my eyes off the computer screen. That's an amazing boundary to set. And you know what? You are completely capable of, of setting that boundary. And if you can't do that in your work, then that's where you really need to call me. And we're going to talk about this at that point. If you, if you can't figure out a time to eat during the day, then that's, that's a great indication that, that we can have a conversation. The boundary is like, okay, like at the end of the night, no matter what I've gotten done and what I haven't gotten done, I'm still going to go to bed by 10 30 or 11. 10 is even better if you can swing it, but like start with 10, 30, 11. The boundary is like, I'm not going to beat myself up about this. Like I'm going to surrender it right now so I can go to sleep. Um, the boundary is I am, you know, at, at nine o'clock, like kitchen's closed because I, and not because it's like, I'm, I have to do this, but because I know every time I eat a bowl of ice cream, I kind of feel crappy when I go to bed. So the boundary is like, I want ice cream. Let's have it at the very end of dinner. And I'm not, I'm not going to like pick around my kitchen because it doesn't make me feel good. Like those are starting to set the boundaries for yourself. So you set them for yourself, vertical alignment. And that's what I find is that if we practice good self-care, we understand like what it is we need and what we don't need. We start to under feel comfortable living in our bodies again, which wakes up our intuition, which helps us to mindfully engage in this with other people. And, and again, you can't save yourself from it. Like it's hard. Like there's, there's just that willingness if we want to be in our lives, like we're, we're going to be asked to grow and conflict is the way to grow. We need to get cooked by that fire. We need to realize we're human. We need to practice humility. And it's so hard for me sometimes because it feels so good to stay right and safe in my own perspective and be the victim. But what I find is if I'm the victim, I'm never going to grow the way that I want to grow, which is to really increase my ojas. And I said I would come back to it, so I, I have. And what I find that helps more than anything with OJAS, um, first is self-care, like just practicing the, the basic self-care, you're going to feel better OJAS, especially the sleep is really big and giving yourself time to digest your food. So not, not eating in stressful situations, not overly snacking, giving your body time to like really feel hunger and, and fullness. But more than that, and this is what I've learned in my work, it's, it's through gathering with other people who are conscious and, and want to help you and support you in the way that's highest for you. When I first started these self-care circles, I thought it was more about the bodily self-care. And that is legit really, really helpful. And I don't think that any, any work really works without good self-care. But from that place, I started to see that these women I was working with were having these much, much deeper transformational experiences and I couldn't quite understand why until I, I, I realized that the power of groups of people coming together with a conscious intention 
is going to feed us on this essential level in a way that I, I don't even understand how it gets so powerful. And, but what OJS is, is the feeling of belonging in the world. And, and what happens in these groups is like everybody has a seat. Everybody has a voice. I'm learning so much from every person in the group and everyone is. And, and we feel valuable. It's a safe space. I said a really safe space in my groups. That's the most important thing for me is that everyone has a container where they don't have to feel like they're in charge. Because I know how you are. I know you're always in charge of everything of your life. And you need a place where you're not in charge, where you can be vulnerable. I need that place. I search out communities where I can not be a leader. So I can refill my well, do my vulnerability work. And so I can come back in and be the kind of leader I want to be, which is open to life and vulnerable and, and connected. And so we bring a group of, of women um, men, I'm, I'm working on how to work with you all. Stay tuned for this fall and winter. But right now, it is for this fall group I'm doing next. It is just women. I bring a group of women together, and we are vulnerable around each other. We talk about where we're struggling. We talk about what we really want. We talk about our desire. We talk about our anger. We talk about our sex lives. It, it's intimate. It's, it's powerful. And it is extraordinarily healing because... We, we need places where we can be supported for who we are essentially. Men, you need places where you can be supported as men. And women, we need places where we can be supported as women. And then we need to come together from that place too. And that's the bigger vision that I'm working towards. But right now, it is. It's like we need to be supported as women. We need that feminine energy to be strong and our masculine energy to be strong too. So we can have the courage that it takes to move from our stress and our anxiety and our worries, our disassociative vata imbalance patterns back into the place of our hearts. And the way to do that is, is connection with others. And the way to do that is, is personal self-care and a willingness to engage. And, and it coming, bringing this back to Beyonce. And of, of course I'm always going to end with Beyonce here in lemonade. The last scenes of the movie are her working with other women and like we had this beautiful house, cooking together, being together. And I, I look at that, I'm like, that's what we do on retreats. We eat together, we are in nature together, we look beautiful together, and there's a radiance that builds that is so strong when that happens. And and it's from that place we leave the weekend and we go back into our relationships and everything gets easier and we go back into our work and we know the right boundaries to set. And it is because we are well as filled. We're vertically aligned. We're and we're living with that incredibly transformative power of love. And like, we, if we want to talk about strength, that's strength. Living your heart. Talk about real strength. Like, hold compassion for other people. And and you got to do it for yourself first. I just finished a group um, of women, a few groups, and I had a, a moon ceremony of on. Monday night of this pilot group of women entrepreneurs who were coming together was, uh, helping with my friend Michelle to guide them through this 10-week journey. And, and we posted this picture on Facebook and everyone was like, you look so radiant. And I was like, it's because we are women and we're powerful and we sit with each other without being in competition, without judging or comparing ourselves, but just to really be like, no, your growth and your love is my growth and my love and let's support each other. Woo, it is, it is visible. So... My favorite line in, um, in Beyonce's Lemonade is, nothing real can be threatened. And, and that's what it is, is, nothing real can be threatened. Like who we are, our love is not ever touched. And if we think it can be, then we're in stress response, we're disassociated. And when we're sitting in the power of our heart, it, 
it is the most amazing thing and our love is liberated. So that's the journey. We move from disassociation through anger, conscious embrace of conflict. And we, we understand that within all that, if we can practice self-care and be supported by people who are conscious with us, that, that we have the strength to go through that conflict and emerge on the other side into a place of greater growth. And um, that we're going to survive. We're going to be okay. I think as, if enough of us do this individually, we're going to move into a place where we can do it collectively. And that fills me with so much inspiration. So I'm, I'm realizing I've talked for like half an hour here. So obviously I have something to say about all this. Thank you for listening. Next week is the final installment, which is like, you know, how can you move forward into this in a deeper way in your life? And how can you really practice this? I'm going to share a few of the secrets that have helped me the most. And I'm going to share a story that is, is pretty powerful for me around like what, what this journey's look like and some of the dynamics that have been playing out in my life around my own liberation of love. I get real personal as, as you know, that I do on these podcasts. And at that night, what we're going to do, uh, uh, June 29th is next Wednesday. There's going to be a, uh, webinar that you can see me like live. If you've never seen me before, this is going to be exciting. It's from 7:30 to 8:30 PM. I'm going to give away a free gift on that webinar that I, I've been working on for weeks and I'm really excited to share. It's going to help you understand um, this journey a little bit better. If you're starting to feel these like waking up feelings inside of you, you definitely want to be there. And I, I will be sharing um, the conclusion of this cool story that's been playing out in my life. So stay tuned for that. Um, also um, comment on the Facebook group. I want to know like what, what this uh, liberate your love journey has been looking like in your life and how it's been playing out. Your breakthroughs are my breakthroughs. We're going through this together. So please reach out, let me know. And I, I know that, that I have such immense respect for you to be tuning in and, and doing this kind of work for yourself. It's not easy to stay vertical, but man, life gets so good when we do this. Okay. That's all for now. Thanks so much. And, uh, take care of yourselves. I'll connect to you soon. Bye-bye. Hi, this is Gracie with Beautiful Life Self-Care. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I hope you learned something new. If you want to connect more, then visit me at selfcarewithgracie.com. There you can sign up for my weekly newsletter where on Wednesday afternoons, I'll send you more self-care practices, more inspiration, and more opportunity to connect to a community of people who really care about really good self-care. Also, write me if you have any other questions or if you have ideas for future shows. My email address is selfcarewithgracie at gmail.com. Thanks a lot. And remember, keep putting yourself first and everything else will fall into place. <laughs>